What's up, you nerds? <laughs> Welcome back, Yellow Spandex. This week we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff, like uh, the new Charlie's Angels movie. Also, uh, why Alan Richardson hated filming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we also get into the Star Wars stuff. John Favre. Uh, what else we do? We we talked about a little bit of Tesla. We talked about a lot of Star Wars thing actually. Uh, and then we ended with uh, Josh Trank reviewing his own film, which is hilarious. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, stick around on this episode of Yellow Spandex. This is electrolytes. Is what, what, what are electrolytes? It's what plants crave. It's what <laughs> plants crave. What are they? Electrolytes. <laughs> but what are electrolytes? What plants crave? This Why don't conversation's we just put water? over. <laughs> what is water on the you crops? You mean toilet? From the, the toilet? From the Ew. toilet? <laughs> The dumbest movie ever. Oh man, I love. I need to receive it. It's been so long since I think it's almost like right after it came out. I saw it. Oh Gosh, yeah, it had to be like fifteen years ago. I mean, Rod showed it to me because before then I didn't even know it was in a movie. Yeah, because well, it was shelved for a while. They something happened with I don't Mike, know Mike Judge. Was that was is was either with Mike Judge and or the company at the time. Oh yeah, but uh, they didn't have faith in the movie. Whoever oh. was changing hands, maybe Mike Judge pissed one of them off. Oh, gotcha. Something like. Something happened to where they kind of like did not promote the movie at all. Yeah, and it was then, right off of Office Space too, which is kind of crazy. But then Office Space didn't really do well at the beginning either. Yeah, I think I think it was, it was failure, something right? either Office Space becoming big or like Beavis and Butthead hitting or something like one of the Mike Judge things hit, hmm. and then all the, the movie came out on DVD when that was the thing. Yeah, and that's when I, we were in college, and I think when it came out on DVD, and all of us were just like. It's never going to get this bad. Fast forward 2019. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, Getting awfully close. <laughs> They're like, <clears throat> actually, it's like the Simpsons telling the truth, telling the future. Minor side trail. Uh, since we're talking about, like, we mentioned Office Space last week because, like, it was one of those movies that didn't do well in the box office and then became a cult classic. Right? Yeah. We saw Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Okay. It's probably not going to be one of those movies, but it wasn't bad. It was just, I think it was what we said last week. It wasn't as big of stars Mm -hmm. and it just came out on a bad week. Like if it had come out on like any other week that had like no other major action or that kind of film come out, it had been fine because it was Elizabeth Banks first action film. You Mm -hmm. kind of tell, but she did a good job for it. Like nothing was bad. It just, nothing was exceptional either. Yeah. But the the chem- ironically, even though it wasn't as big of names, the chemistry of the cast was like the best part. Mm. Like I believed all these girls and Elizabeth Banks were all friends. You mm. know, mm. Um, are you gonna see it? Probably not. Okay, so because there's so many other things I do want to see. If you're listening to this and for some reason you don't want spoilers for Charlie's Angels <laughs> by Elizabeth Banks, maybe fast forward a few minutes or something. But um, so the one big thing that I could see, like Charlie's Angels fans, maybe just being like, no, I draw the line here. Yeah is uh, the original Bosley is played by um, Patrick Stewart. Um, mm-hmm. So that's cool. But the big twist at the end is that he betrays the entire organization. Oh. That for 40 years, Bosley has been trying to undercut this entire organization. So I can kind of see that being like, a, oh, I don't like that. because he's Yeah, so, I mean, if you were super <clears throat> into the canon of, <laughs> of so that's another Angels, thing. you could probably yeah. be mad about it. Is this Charlie's <clears throat> Angels? Isn't a reboot. It, it, it's it's making all the Charlie's Angels properties up until now uh, part of a big cinematic universe. What? That was kind of weird, but I kind of get it. Like it was it, what I did like, and I watched Girl Power. Yeah, I watched um, Andre the uh, um, Andre Meadows of the Black uh, Nerd Comedy, and he brought the same point. Like I kind of like big uh, big spoiler end of the movie. You find out that like basically every like badass woman in history mm. 
is an angel. Like the organization is much bigger than we thought it was. Okay. And so like, um, so it's not the same name as the th- the original three girls, right? No. So okay. the thing, but they do refer to Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore's okay. characters. Like when they show, like the movie starts with um, Patrick Stewart's Bosley. Oh, that's another thing. Bosley is a rank in the organization, named after okay. the original Bosley. All so right. there's several Bosleys. That's why Elizabeth Banks is also Bosley because she's the follow up to Patrick Stewart's. Okay. But they also have. But he's uh, like retiring or something. So the beginning of the movie is him retiring. Oh, okay. Um, and they show hit like a slideshow, you know, of like everything, and it's him with like Farrah Fawcett and Jacqueline, uh, Jackie, Jamie, Jackie. Uh, no, it's not Jamie. Jackie. Oh, I can't remember her last name. One of the original angels, mm-hmm. and Jim uh, Bob, Drew Barrymore, and and all of them. I'm no know. help. <laughs> and uh, so, but it's also photoshopped. I could kind of see criticism and like how cheesy that was, <laughs> like just the visuals of it. It was like obvious, like hey, look, oh yeah, I mean, like he trying to be jokey, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I did. I followed that. Hopefully, let's <laughs> hope. Put it that way. But um, <laughs> it's, it's like Patrick Stewart with like a, a little fro and a mustache. Like, oh, that was funny. Well, I mean, just like you could tell that it was like shopped in. Yeah, like yeah. there, w- it doesn't feel like there was a good attempt to make it like believably. Yeah, okay. Pretty, pretty silly in the thing. But uh, so what it, it sounds like to me is it's a little bit like the Scooby Doo movie, to where like you remember they had Scrappy. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns out to be the bad guy. Oh, at the gotcha. End. Yeah. This one had a few more twists. Yeah. So that was. A, go ahead. Well, no, I just realized this chair is connected to your microphone. That's fine. As long as I don't bump it, it's okay. Yeah. So that was that was the thing that um, I will give the movie credit for. Like as the movie's going along, it's like, oh, I know this twist um, because like it, you could just you know most adults could just kind of kind of see, see it, it ahead of time. The twist to start off with was that Elizabeth Banks's Bosley was the traitor. Like everything was kind of like leading up to it. Uh huh. But in like. She would just be disappearing like when she was needed and stuff like that. So you're okay. like, oh, okay, they're going to make Elizabeth Banks. But she was truth. really just behind the scenes finding out the truth. So she was organizing everybody else against this original Bosley because she had seen it coming. Okay. Elizabeth Banks' Bosley is the first angel to be promoted to Bosley. Oh. So. Um, angel to Bosley. And then, <laughs> and then to one little stinger at the end <laughs> that I could see. To see. Because Charlie, <laughs> one yeah, one little controversy I could kind of see like people who hate on, but makes sense to me, and I have a defense for it, mm-hmm. is at the very end when they show like you still never get to actually see Charlie. Yeah, you see the speaker say like "good luck, a good job, angels," blah, blah blah, and then it you know kind of goes to the other side of the speaker to where Charlie is, and you see Charlie's arm, and it's a it's a woman speaking into a computer that's transmuting the voice into a male voice, <laughs> and I. I know that it seems like it's like a uh, pandering, but to me it makes sense because in 2019 probably would be not a good look is like an organization of thousands of attractive women being run by like a single man. It would just, it would just have like this playboy mansion, bunny ranch kind of vibe to it. You know, I don't feel like it <laughs> so, would matter at that point. Cause if it's, I don't know if you're looking at it that way, what does it matter if it's a man or a woman running that many women? <laughs> well, so I, what it, it <laughs> only does, women, by the way, <laughs> like, well, besides Bosley's, Okay, fine. Just Bosley's, and they can only be. But, oh no, they got what's her face? It was with Banks. Like, so, right. she, so she kind of started. <laughs> but I, I kind of get it because it was like, you know, like I don't know. It, it was a very small thing that is kind of is a throwaway. Like if you would have blinked or gone to the bathroom, you totally would have missed the story point. It didn't really matter in that scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it was part of that big reveal at the end because the last big fight scene, the angels are cornered. There's no way they're going to get out, and they're at this big like ball, you know, mm-hmm. and the lights go out. And then when they come back on, every man in the room, because of the type of party it is, all the men in the room are like uh, thugs, you know, for the bad guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was just set up that way. Like, 
And so they're they're cornering the angels. So when the lights come back on, all the men just like fall over dead or paralyzed or whatever. Yeah. And stuff. And you're just kind of like, what happened there? And that the moments like that are like, oh, okay, I didn't see that exactly coming. You know, mm-hmm. so that was nice. Um, and then you realize like every woman in the room is an angel that's been recruited by Elizabeth Banks to show oh, up at this party. Yes. And then it, they missed an opportunity though. What's that? To bring all the angels back. Yeah, see, I don't know if they could have gotten those. Names. <laughs> that's gotten that's those another thing. Like, those one are big scene, names. though, like... Well, they did follow it up with something else. So the mm-hmm. um, this was funny. During that scene, they pan around the room, and you start seeing the women in the room mm-hmm. and previous scenes. It was oh, kind of okay. like Sixth Sense, almost. Yeah, or like, the Spider-Man, when they they had Jake Gyllenhaal... Actually, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the all spa- like sparkle or sprink- sprinkled throughout the, the beginning t- of the movie. And yeah. those other employees. Sparkled yeah. is better. Sparkled like. too. So um, so you, they kind of do that. But then the thing that really caught my eyes, they start panning around the room. And I was like, Vince, is that Devin? It is, it's one of our uh, acquaintances. Um, we actually know her boyfriend more, but mm-hmm. uh, Devin from Ladylike BuzzFeed. She got I, a I really like, prominent role. I was like, she... <laughs> Is she, that looks like Devin. And I went home and looked on her Instagram. She's like, so glad to finally say that I got to go to Acapulco or, or whatever. Istanbul to be in charge. I was like, oh, she, she killed go. that so, role. She killed that role. Too. So she was she was one of the the quote unquote like angels. Extra angels. Was, yeah. <laughs> she and was so, like an under, undercover. Yeah. I thought that understudy. That, I thought that, that was a really cool <laughs> reveal on whoever wrote like Elizabeth Banks, I guess, story. Yeah. Is that like it, the, there's so many more angels than we thought. Mm-hmm. And we only get to see stories of three of them at a time. Yeah. But. I mean that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it sounds like it was like it was an okay movie. Just came out. It was fine on a weekend with a giant movie coming out that everybody yeah. seemed to want to go see. If you either saw it like at just like if you have a normal like not crazy expensive theater mm-hmm. or you have like a discount day or something like I think that'd be like a perfect or you go with a group of friends or whatever like Did that. you say a discount day? Yeah, like you know like sometimes like Tuesdays like ten dollar yeah. tickets or something like that. I think that's a perfect oh. movie. To, to see the you know that kind of thing at mm. or like we have AMC A list so yeah. perfect for that, but so the real thing that, that was great and we kind of mentioned this a little bit on our live stream that don't if you do go see it the the money shots are in the credits which I know annoys some people but chronologically it probably couldn't happen to any other place so Naomi Scott's like the the new recruit they show that in the trailers. Mm-hmm. So by the end, she's like earned her wings. You know, she's gonna New be blood. she's gonna become an angel. So they're like, okay, you're gonna go to training. And then through the credits, her, her training sequence, mm-hmm. more cameos than you can even like imagine. Like the first one is like one of the original angels, and then the second one, she's like doing like a uh, driving training, and she gets out of the car, and then Danica Patrick gets out of the, the passenger side. Oh, funny! And then like she's learning how to do uh, like kung fu <laughs> or something as Ronda Rousey, who. Hands down, best acting she's ever done, which isn't saying too much. She only has like three lines. She wasn't too bad in that, uh, what was that movie with all the action people? Oh, she uh, Expendables? Yeah, she's in the first oh, one. I haven't seen She that. wasn't too bad in that. Um, but she she did good at that because she was just supposed to be intense and training somebody, which I feel like is just not a far cry from what she normally does. Yeah, makes sense. And then... Uh, I, could, I couldn't help but like feel nervous during that scene, though, because of like... Oh, about how cringy she could be? <laughs> yeah it, it was like you're just waiting for it and they cut away and we're like okay good memory good memory <laughs> and then there was like a training scene where they were all jumping I think they showed part of it in the trailer of them jumping out of the airplane okay and um, so it was Naomi Scott but then all the other girls were like um, like the Olympic gymnastics I can't I don't know one of the Olympic teams with the young women in it so we didn't like, get a camera Diaz we didn't get a no, Drew Barrymore or Lucy Liu but, but they that, did show up in a photo though but that oh. but that was the photoshop photos but, but they the, showed up in a but photo the Olympic, it was the Olympic team and then uh, Haley Steinfeld were yeah. all the also training angels and then in passing the girls are like we can't jump out we can't jump out and Elizabeth Banks is like like girls 
our angels, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't complain like this when she had to make this jump. They're like, wait, RBG was a uh, angel. And they're like, oh, forget gosh. I said that. And I was like, that's, I, I, I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> like just kind of incorporate this big, like universe of things. Um, and then <laughs> you're then, saying they're not pushing a little, <laughs> a little bit in the movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm I sure was, I thought it was a cool I thought it was a cool thing like I'm sure there was at least one person who was just like ah oh, jeez but it makes sense it's like all these it women was me like, right now oh, yeah. I, was, I thought it was cool because all these women that in history that like have pushed boundaries like they just kind of reveal like angels you know they're all angels um but then there's a second after credits I think a lot of other people miss where Amy Scott actually gets her wings mm-hmm. and stuff so I I thought it was all right that I surprisingly this is the movie that made me actually like like Kristen Stewart as an actress hmm. I did not expect that because I don't what else has she been in besides Twilight? That's the only thing I know her from. Yeah. And I think maybe there was another like indie movie I saw her and I was like, she's the same thing. But this one, she was like, okay, you're fun. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> she reminds me a lot of um, a girl from Harry Potter. What's what's her name? Susan, Susan Bell, Hermione. I can't remember her name. She's mm. Bell and Beauty and the Beast. But uh, I get those Emma, two mixed. Emma, yeah, Emma Watson. Yeah, there we go. I get those two mixed up a little bit every once in a while. I mean, like, like I feel sure. like it, though, if you would have gotten three more, way more well-known women <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, behind it, you probably could have bumped that up quite a bit, and also probably would have pulled in a lot more. Yeah. Also, that the fact that it's not really—I mean, Charlie's Angels, those those last two with Cameron Diaz—they're comedies. Well, my question is, who the hell would you have chosen if if you if you're saying like it would have been better with powerhouse women? I think maybe her. I think. Uh, Caitlin or Kristen Stewart still kind of be in that Emma Stone well, that would feel weird and probably wouldn't work I'm not sure if it, that would work like Emma Roberts maybe I met, or uh, Amanda uh, Seyfried maybe yeah. maybe Mila Kunis it also had like a big yeah. Jennifer yeah, Lawrence Kunis could have been big uh, Margot Robbie still Margot Robbie yeah I mean I don't or, know but then there's like a, a bunch of women that are a little bit o- older you know like mm-hmm. like uh, Emily Blunt or like uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston or, yeah Emily Blunt She's getting up there, but yeah, she still does great action movies. Julia Roberts, you know, these are like powerhouse women that I, Jennifer Garner, like in their heyday, probably. I mean, I'm not yeah. not to say right now isn't their heyday either, but when they were young, like in their 20s, obviously yeah. it would have been better. Uh, Kate Winslet is also like a powerhouse actress, you know, that could have killed uh, an angel role back in her I feel like, like early 30s, 20s. Just because of like Hollywood, like politics and numbers and stuff, Scarlett Johansson would definitely be one of them. Scarlett yeah, Johansson, just because like one. she brings numbers, you know. Yeah. Also, uh, Kristen Stewart. I had no idea she was in so many freaking movies. Yeah. What's yeah. she in that we we should know? Uh, Panic Room. That's old, man. She must be the kid. Um, Underwater is that new movie that hasn't come out yet. Uh, Into the Wild, two thousand seven. Oh yeah, she wasn't Into the Wild. Um, and Adventureland, two thousand nine. But yeah, she was she was a badass in this. Like I, I get, you know, when Elizabeth Banks tweeted like she, they're proud of what they made. I get it. There was nothing like bad about it. Like I, I'm not a fan of the soundtrack, but that's just me. I feel like the soundtrack actually kind of made the movie a little bit weird for me. That's my personal. Yeah, but opinion. none of these other movies are huge, huge though. No, I mean they're not. Way to the Wild was pretty big. Mm. Um, because I don't even remember. Because I think since Twilight hadn't come out yet, I didn't like wasn't looking for. Her yeah. I recognized her. Yeah. That Panicker movie sucked, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't even know if I saw it. Oh, it was awful. It was like, hey, you bought this new house. Uh, it has a panic room. All right, we're going to leave you. Bye. Yeah, Some yeah. people are coming. Quick, get into the panic room. And like that was, <laughs> that was the whole movie. Just, all right, we're stuck in the panic room. People are trying to get in to the oh, panic room. What do we do? Jumper. I remember that wasn't, it wasn't a big movie either, but remember Jumper? Mm-hmm. Nope. 
that was fun with like a Anakin Skywalker. It was it was basically a quantum leap, right? Well, it wasn't. I time. wish it were. It was it was like he would he teleport. He just had the ability to teleport. Yeah. Um, Moving on, we had lots of stuff. Yeah. What was what was the thing you want to start with the Ninja Turtles? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking earlier about like bad maybe bad situations in movies or uh-huh. whatever. Um, I want to play you this clip real quick. Uh, I'll put it in the comments. But Alan Richson, he I think was Raphael in the last two uh, Ninja Turtle live action. I saw the first one, but not the second one. Yeah. And he was just talking. I, you could tell there was a lot more to the story. He said he wanted to write a book. So mm. uh, Was that Michael Bay, too? Well, I oh, think yeah. it was produced the, by Michael Bay. The first Bay. one was definitely something was Michael Bay. At least produced Yeah, uh, by Michael Bay, and it's definitely written all over it. I think we were talking about, you said there was a joke that Ryan Reynolds was doing a... Oh, yeah, oh, I said Vin, that. Vince said that he saw an article that there's a movie that was like codenamed something else as Ryan Reynolds and... Michael Bay. Uh, Michael Bay doing uh, live action Thundercats. And and Dave. For Netflix. Uh, and I was like, oh, he can destroy three of my favorite cartoons <laughs> from my childhood. You know, I'll give him this much credit. I really actually genuinely like the first Transformers movie. I'm, I'm with you. Like, but um, it started declining after that, but I didn't hate it until maybe the third or fourth one. <laughs> third one, I was like, they better make this good. And then it was awful. And I was like, all right. I forget. It was the second or third one. I think it was the second one. Where I realized, like, every time there was, like, something that didn't make sense with the plot, they literally just, like, you could do a count. Like, there's a one-to-one, something that makes sense. Megan Fox running in slow-mo through the desert. Like, it would, it would like, equal the moments out. She wasn't even in the third one. Yeah, so that was the second one then. Uh. Mm. Uh, so it was like, why are, they, why are they running across the desert? There's, like, a bunch of vehicles around them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sure, oh, okay. man. But, there, there was but, always one of those, like, uh, what do they call them? Not mulligans. What do they, they call the... Oh, MacGuffins. MacGuffins. The whole thing. It's the MacGuffin. I mean, the entire, the, literally every character, the, every robotic character in there is a MacGuffin. Like, this robot is like the size of like the Empire State Building that can transform mm. into like inanimate objects and stuff. And it doesn't it, like have any explanation. They're like, we just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the okay. mechanics, I guess, work. Like, it, they, made, they made it so the Megatron wasn't like a gun. So yeah. at least there was that. <laughs> I don't know. I If they tried to do that, yeah. I would at least be like, all right, you're sticking to the source material. <laughs> <laughs> like, but. but I'm guessing they're also probably thinking like, uh, 2000s toys, that's not going to work. You know, like, <laughs> that worked way back when. That yeah, was, that was the 80s when you, like we were just talking off camera about like when you could like abuse your children on set and <laughs> oh, stuff. Geez. Like what was, who is it? Uh, Sean Astin? Yeah, Sean mom. Astin's mom was Patty Duke. So she would like kind of like mentally abuse him on set. Well, it was just one story that she told because she was uh, bipolar, like yeah. very bipolar and one of the first people that like advocates apparently for it um and she had said or he had said in this interview i can't remember who was talking to him maybe it was michael rosenbaum that was talking to him anyway um he had said his mom his first acting experience was his mom had got him a job when he was like really small like maybe five or six or something and he was supposed to cry or something on cue kind of like oh no something bad happened cry Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't and his mom like pulled him off stage and like yelled at him until he started to cry. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, wait, 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 wait. Let's get you back in there real quick. And like get him back there and like give him a look when they were shooting and he yeah. just starts bawling. <laughs> and they're like, cut. That was great. That was amazing. You know? Like, yeah. No and damage. She's like, guess what? That was acting. Oh, honey, you did a good job. Like, That's right. Oh, you should. I think that was a Michael Rosenbaum. He does. Um, gosh, I can't. He does. He's a guy from Smallville. He was Lex Luthor, but he does uh, a podcast now. So it's. Gotcha. Yeah. So All right, we're going to stop and listen to this real quick. You you will not notice us, though. And we're back. Wow. So that was kind of disheartening to hear, but at least it's kind of out there. And it kind of makes you realize or reinforces, like we know out here being in L.A., like productions are like really complicated. So like, you know, um, well, Vince mentioned 
yesterday, like we were at a movie and saw the trailer for Cats, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody sitting next to Vince was like, I hope that movie tanks. And he's like, yeah, but like, what about all the people that worked on it? You know, like, and it's same thing with like uh, some friends were like, we might boycott the Mulan live action because the lead actress is uh, supporting the wrong side of the Hong Kong thing, you know, and stuff. I was like, so what sucks about the Mulan thing is that the movie's already made. So it's not going to hurt her at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just going to hurt like all the peripheral people, you know, and stuff. But at the same time, like, is there's never a clean shot, you know, like if you like boycott a movie, it does terrible. Well, it's like boycotting anything, though, it, like one yeah. moron at the top of it, you know, might say something stupid and then like or do something stupid. But there's a million people underneath. Yeah, but so. it, it'll hit all the pawns first before <clears throat> yeah. getting to the, the king, which kind of sucks. So I didn't. I mean, I guess the plus side is since the numbers did so bad, he's not obligated for the third one. <laughs> so oh, maybe yeah. that was the bright side of this specific thing. I remember him being in Smallville because he was Aquaman in Smallville. Okay, I didn't see um, that. It's yeah, funny though because like, that there was actually there there's actually a pilot and you can watch in the on the DC universe for an Aquaman show, mm-hmm. and he's not in that, hmm. which is weird to me. Uh, and the person that is in that was the guy that played the Green Arrow on mm-hmm. the Smallville show, which is him. actually uh, he's the guy. What's that uh, show with Mandy Moore? Uh, oh, this is us. Yeah, I've never seen it. I just she's the brother cry all the time about it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it a couple times, and I was like, no, I don't need to be this emotional tonight. <laughs> so Uh-oh. it looks like I mean, it looks like he's been in a, a bunch of I stuff. See, I see that he's in a new Titans series or something. Yeah, he's Hawk. Okay, in so the, in the new confusing Titans. roles. Yes, it looks like uh, <laughs> he was in one of the Hunger Games. Yeah, I think I saw he was in one of the Hunger Games. Blue Mountain State, I think, mm-hmm. was his like. His, he was the main role in that. Mm. I don't think I saw that though. I mean, he uh, seemed really genuine in this. Like, yeah, yeah. He just kind of seemed like he like got he off. Somebody like he was frustrated. Somebody asked him a question. He goes off, and at the end, he's like, "Oh crap! I probably shouldn't have said this." Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I, I mean, get it though. It seemed genuine at least, and it wasn't. Um, at least, so the thing I get tired of hearing people when they complain about things is like things that don't amount to like. How do I put this? Like it. It's not um, helpful in a critical way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of shining a light, assuming it's true, shining a light on some, like, bad business practices yeah, and stuff. And then he also didn't, like, go on so many tangents that it was, like, irrelevant, you know? So yeah. of the things, I felt like it was more informative than venting. So that was kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Right here. The biggest thing to me is literally saying saying what you're going to do and then doing what you said what exactly. you said that's what his whole point was yeah so he was promised all these things and even in the the female she was like so you were you were basically giving it like an Andy Circus thing yeah like they're telling you like you're, you're going to you're going to be like the next Andy Circus yeah and this dude's young you know this is like the and he was talking like like this is going to be years of my main uh, parts of my main years of my career and everything mm-hmm. and like, cuz he was signed on for 3 movies I can I only have empathy to you know like to to think of how hard it was for him to make these these decisions especially uh being like you know with a kid and I'm guessing he was married too you know like yeah like the as a musician and a producer like the last thing I want is for someone to promise me something that never comes to fruition that's like a nightmare it's weird too because like uh was wasn't the original turtles movie like back in the 80s 90s mm-hmm. wasn't that just stunt guys in suits it was it was they were actors too no yeah were, I, were they known names they yeah. weren't known well names. because we watched the surf ninja dude we, he we, was the known name we watched we watched uh toys that made us mm-hmm. and they were talking about pitching the movie because at the time it i guess they said at the time it was the most successful independent movie because it hadn't been sold to a studio yet and then it blew up and they actually, when they showed the movie to the 
Has not Hasbro. Hasbro, whatever toy company that had it at the time. Yeah. They were like, you guys screwed up. Like, like they said, this movie's so bad. And it's then so it, dark. Then it went to the theaters and then blew up. And they're like, let's well, make another one. Looks like <laughs> we like, gotta make more. But, but they said the idea was since they had to like kind of skimp on the budget, they're like, let's get these rubber suits and put them on stunt guys. You know, they're gonna be behind masks anyway, so there's no point in casting Tom Hanks to be Raphael. Mm. You know, like Yeah, Ernie Reyes Jr. Was he Kano in the second movie? What's who's the guy that was Kano in the second movie? Um well Ernie, he was like he was like the the I forget which which turtle he was for uh uh what was it Ninja Turtles two the Secret of the Ooze mm-hmm. I don't know if he was in one he I think he was in one too actually I thought there was a guy that was in one of the suits that was in the movie and in, in, in a separate movie later that was one of the Ninja Turtle movies mm-hmm. as a an actual actor but Is, I could be wrong let's yeah let's find out <clears throat> Ernie Reyes Jr. the guy that played Donatello he was the in suit actor yeah. Or He's the in performer a ton of stuff. He he was Kano, the pizza guy in Secret of the Ooze too. Yeah, okay. Or the second movie. It's a little well, side. And he thing. was in a bunch of stuff. Wasn't he? I heard wasn't you he say that earlier, Surf and I was ninjas? like, what? Yeah, he was the main in Surf Ninjas. Yeah. That's how I knew who he was. But you know that that is kind of discouraging here. At least, I mean, this is a terrible way to like try to find a silver lining. But I, it is interesting to hear that it like kind of follows suit of like you know something that wasn't perceived very well from audiences and stuff mm. like it kind of reverberated through the production like it just kind of like started there and like yeah kind of went through i i i don't want to be too like hippy dippy about things but like you know we we're talking to our friend atomic mari and her husband peter and i'd mentioned something about just you know genuinely be think, being thankful for several situations in our careers and our lives right now and stuff and you know mari's like very very successful and she was like that's pretty much like one of the most common threads between a lot of like quote-unquote successful people you know that have made and things that they wanted she's noticed that she was like they're still grateful long after other people have taken things for granted mm-hmm. and those stars that kind of fall off if it wasn't for a bad circumstance or on you know an unfortunate circumstance it was because they were just taking things for granted and ungrateful and then things just kind of fall off for them yeah so it's just interesting whatever perspective you believe in like if it doesn't start from a good place and it has like a it's not a great chance it doesn't increase the chances for it to go to a good place, you know. Hmm. At the very least, if you don't, if you only, you know, if you don't believe in the, the woo part. I mean, of nobody it. wants to be around someone that's just down and a jerk either. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's you know, I, well, it's kind of this is funny. Uh, I won't mention his name here, but there's a friend that Josh and I both uh, know from way back when. It's not Vince. <laughs> but um, yeah. way back when, that is like I can in my heart of heart say is like a bad person, mm. but like a good guy, and. Uh, it's, I know that's kind of confusing, but I think some people when they listen, when they hear that enough times, they'll be like, I know what you mean, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I remember one time like sitting down with them and it's like his life got like, imp- like exponentially better, at least on the surface. And he was like, the secret of it was like, I realized that nobody cares about my problems <laughs> and nobody wants to be around anybody that's just like venting problems all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I don't know how healthy that is as far as like psychology and stuff, yeah. but at least from like the standpoint of like, you know, that person's in entertainment and stuff like it does make him a likable person. Yeah. Even though I know that, you know, the heart is like questionably. You definitely don't want to like know. just, you know, shove everything down deep down and not tell anybody about your problems. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you don't just need to be leaking them out to every single person you meet. Yeah. So I, and I, I see it cause he's like, I, I think the thing he does have going for him <laughs> is that the, he, he sees a set of things that he can't really change. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't bother with like letting that like overtake the rest of the things that are going on, you know, yeah. and stuff. And that seems like this guy too. He seems like he's kind of yeah. moving forward. Um, Producing, you know, he took a lesson like not to treat people like that. Yeah, 
This sounds obvious, but I guess you don't know unless you were in those shoes. Yeah. Um, so long story short, I hope Michael Bay is not doing <laughs> another Thunder Thund- or doing Thundercats. How, what was the budget for? I wonder what the budget was for those got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was probably insane. If they were doing mocap, and yeah, because it was like walking, like walking mocap, like he's just walking around constantly. That's not nothing but that. Let's take a look. Uh, Ninja I wonder if, how much was the one for the original. How about ask that? Hmm. The, the original, the OG. Yeah, I'm imagining it was fairly low because it was a. Uh, an indie movie. Let's see this one. Okay, <coughs> 1990. So, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Out of the Shadows, whichever one that one was. I don't know if that was the second or the first one. Hmm. Um, that was a 135 million dollar budget. It opened at 35 million. <laughs> wow! But it did eventually worldwide did 245. Well, said so. the first one it said 13.5 million. I mean that's still kind of. I wonder what that it does as far as inflation, but that that, that seems kind of low for that's really low, you yeah. know, compared to the current movie. But also, I mean, it's got people in suits. You know, the only thing yeah, that yeah, really costs them is like the actual mechanical mouthing sets too. Which I think Puppetry. there was a Henson that helped them out with that. Um, they were doing so much stuff in the eighties. Uh, all the, like the facial yeah. stuff, the like uh, they all, had puppetry for each one of the turtles' was new faces. Technology they yeah. made, yeah, and which is weird had, because they had somebody that was controlling it, and then an in-suit performer, as in-suit well. performer, and then they had somebody else uh, doing the voices. Like Corey Feldman yep. was a voice. What, what year was that? Yeah, Corey Feldman, Brian uh-huh. Toish, yeah, was Leonardo. Corey Feldman was Donatello, mm-hmm. and then Raph was uh, Josh Pice. And then Robbie mm-hmm. Rist, Rist was Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Kevin Clash was Which Splinter. I remember seeing like a video of Robbie uh, going off on the new Ninja Turtles a while back. <laughs> I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. But you know, I also like, I only saw a little bit of it. I actually did not watch the whole thing, but like it just pulled me out of it. I was not a fan of like, I don't know. And the fact that Megan Fox was the lead too, I was just like, <sighs> April. Whatever. <laughs> like, I do. Uh, what was the other guy? Was a guy in it? In it? Um, Casey Jones? No, no, no. Um, was Casey Jones in the first one? In the new one? Uh, the, the I think it was in the second one. The it was the guy from ca- Arrow. Ca- Casey. Was, yeah. Uh, it was the guy from Arrow, Stephen Amell. Which I might have actually watched that if I actually given it a shot because I love that dude. But uh, who's the guy that was Vern? Yeah. Uh, let me. See. I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm just using some online calculator for inflation, uh-huh. saying that 13.5 million would have. Um, equated to twenty six point five million now. Wow, which is still, still really kind low. of low. Yeah, like which is weird to me because like, couldn't you just <clears throat> do that today, but with better like mechanics and better everything else? Like, why not just do the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I, I've never made like a film like that. So there, mu- I don't know if there's like some producer thinks that like CG is the future or whatever. You know, like. But I, I don't know. My don't kids know. love that movie. Stuff. Yeah, no, like, I, I like it's I hilarious. Like I, think, well, I guess it was also Jim Henson. <clears throat> yeah. So like, there's like a magic to it that like not every studio can do. Mm-hmm. But also just get the Henson Studios to do <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, well, we so, got Muppets rolling again, so who knows? You know. But I guess Disney owns that, so they weren't going to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to something so, else here. <laughs> um, we won't talk about it a whole lot. I mean, maybe next week after uh, Josh and his kids see Frozen Two, mm-hmm. I will say it. And I, it, if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that I was like, oh, that's fine. If a group of friends want to go see it, I'll see it. I'm not in a rush. A group of friends want to go see it. It was way funnier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like pretty much every song on there. Like, 
I don't know if there's like a new Let It Go, but it's a really great soundtrack. Cool. The song. Um, you, we talked about the song last time and I'd heard a clip of it and I was like, that sounds like it's an awful song. Into the Unknown. Yeah. It was really good. Weird. I liked it a lot. And, Pan- and Panic at the Disco's version. Mm. Still pretty good. Like, I feel like it would have taken me a couple of listens. If you didn't tell me it was from Frozen, mm. it would have taken me a couple of listens to be like, oh, that's a Disney song. Because mm. it just kind of fit. I see why they got him to do it. it I, I know last week I was like, what kind of song could Idina Menzel and Panic at the Disco do? Mm-hmm. I know it makes sense now that I hear it. But there's another song by Idina Menzel in that soundtrack called Show Yourself that isn't as like pop or bombastic as like Let It Go or Into the Unknown. To me, that was a showstopper. It was just like, oh, my breath was like, take away. I'm like, what a performance, you know, for my Dina Menzel. And then Kristen Bell had a song called uh, Next Right Thing. And I was just like, so moved. But there's like, it was more of like a storytelling thing. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Mm. They're good songs, but not like, you know, pop songs or whatever. It was just like, yeah. wow. And then Olaf is exponentially funnier in this movie. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it was so funny. And then Kristoff has his main song. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it for you, but. When you see Christoph break, break into his own main song, just like pay attention. I, in our theater, like any kid who was there that was like your kid's age was just like, why is this happening? We're like, shh, this is for mom and dad. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Like, I was almost pissed myself several times during the whole <clears throat> performance. It's not like dirty, it's just like something that I, th- I think you especially like will really like. The two of us were like, oh my God, they did it. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was, it was great. But the whole, the whole movie was a lot more. Interesting than I thought it would be. Um, and there, there is after credits. A lot of people miss the after credits. And it was super cute. Oh, weird. And it's like all the way at the end. <laughs> oh, dang. So it's a Marvel. Yeah. Pulling so, a Marvel. But uh, we also saw Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. That was a... Uh, I couldn't get Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I, I got lost in it. Really? Like, I was like, man, he did a good job. But also, it was maybe 25% about Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. It was more about the guy writing the article about him. Okay. But uh, it just kind of made me, like, reminded me, like, man, that man did shape my childhood. Yeah. Like, and how to, like, just be a better person. You want to know what's funny? Uh, Mr. Rogers, or not Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks' son. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember his name. Um, he's in a bunch of different movies and TV shows and stuff. But uh, he was on Drunk History, and he was oh, yeah. Mr. Rogers on Drunk History. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> just funny, because I actually, it was, I don't know, he was as young Mr. Rogers or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> That's so funny. But like, I don't know, seeing Tom Hanks as him, like, and like watching him your entire life. Yeah. I just couldn't get into him. Like, you could, you could just see it. It just feels awkward to me. Like, it's just Tom Hanks trying really hard to talk like Mr. Rogers to me. Pe- other people said that, <laughs> but like, as soon as it started, maybe it was just the set setting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I got lost in it. I was like, I don't know. It was like, instead it took of me a while, instead of the look of Mr. Rogers, like the spirit, like, I just, it just it replaced it long enough for me to watch the movie, mm-hmm. and then at the end they obviously show some clips of the real Mister Rogers. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that was him. But for the purpose of the movie, I was like, man, like I got, I, I was in it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was just there was a points where I was kind of laughing, you know, at the performance because I it was like he was trying to be uh, Mister Rogers. And I know it's Tom Hanks, so <laughs> I guess it was just me. Everybody else should skip the movie. Like, <laughs> I, I love the thing about though. Frozen too but, is, is like uh, the the way the music. I, every time I talk about this, I talk about the same thing. The way the music was interweaved with the scenes. Mm-hmm. That's what made it so so like magical. Yeah. And that song "Into the Unknown" is exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you you hear this thing, and then that thing becomes an element in the song as it goes on. It's just like when you say it. 
notice how wonderful it all interweaves with itself mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of what made it uh such a great song to to me personally is the just the the um the execution it just like goes in and out really it's just transition feels really almost. good yeah, yeah. It, it felt it, amazing you'll 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 be familiar to it because of the way musicals work. Yeah. Just taking like motifs back and forth. Well, and I didn't stuff. feel that way about Moana, which I liked Moana. I still and I like the song. I, I haven't you haven't seen Moana? No. What? We, we have a minor <laughs> thing that maybe maybe someday when our... If you uh, have it, you could borrow it. Well, well, I mean, as far as talking about it, we have a minor like NDA with that situation that I got to see when we'll be able to pull one of these, whatever is Alan's name is about <laughs> it. You can just like... But uh, crap that happened to me. Uh, it was one of our first Hollywood stories. We'll put it that way. Uh, I still want to see it. Because I, I like the uh, How Far You Go song. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all great songs. Yeah. But I didn't feel like they would, like what you're talking about with uh, Frozen 2. And uh, we just recently, we watched at least 20 times uh, Tangled. Tangled is great. Tangled, the songs work so well. And it's not just a song about the Disney princess. It's also about the guy that's, you know, the bad guy that turns mm -hmm. into a good guy, you know. And then, you know, the mom who's actually a bad guy. So, so what I was saying about the beautiful day in the neighborhood, like one of the things that was cool about the spirit of Mr. Rogers that they like really painted that you realized at the time, I think like when we were kids watching it, but then like just as an adult watching Tom Hanks's like portrayal, like um, they stuck, things were chronologically not accurate. You know, they, they condensed things for the purpose of a movie. Yeah. But I guess like the situations were accurate, like that happened. Um, Cause I watched a follow up to see like, did these things really happen and yeah. all that stuff. It's not going to turn out to be like a queen. <laughs> It a little Rhapsody bit, but they, it did a little bit, but they did open up the way the, not that this is a spoiler, but the way they opened up the movie mm -hmm. kind of very clearly made it so that like, this is not a, a hundred percent like real thing. Cause it, I mean, basically nobody's going to watch this Rogers. I mean, mm. so, so like my, minor spoiler, the whole thing starts with a regular episode of Mr. Rogers neighborhood and it's about the movie. So it just kind of sets up like, this is going to be roughly half the, you know, real life scenarios, but it's mm -hmm. more of like the spirit of everything. But the thing it painted for me was like, made me like re-realize that the secret, one of Mr. Rogers' biggest secrets to how everybody likes him is that like, he's like perpetually grateful mm -hmm. for everything. And like coming down to and like- kind for everything. Yeah, well, and I, but I think the kindness like stems from the gratitude of it, which is, I mean, I don't want to go into a whole tirade. People have heard me talk about this for last year, but like, it's like reassuring to like hear that affirmation because like, there's scenes that like I was like, oh, is that for the movie? And then they talk to the guy who actually wrote the article, and he's like, he said that crap to me, you know, like, mm -hmm. like the guy would like criticize him about something, and then Mr. Rogers would like stop and think because his wife did say like it's a process for him, like he has to. Yeah, it doesn't come do naturally. Do you to see him. him pause, and then he'll be like, "Thank you for telling me that," you know, "Thank you for like sharing your feelings." You're Can right. I address this. Situation. It was it was well, it was like, like just a constant study mm -hmm. for him, and he's just but every virtually everything his every response for him was trying to find a way to be grateful for whatever just happened, regardless mm. of how anybody else would take it. And it, I think that's the thing that just made like, cause he's a Presbyterian minister, you know, yeah. like that was his ministry. Like, you know, there's the story his wife tells about like when he was on his deathbed, the last thing he said was, was I a sheep, you know, mm. and anybody that grew up in church knows what that means. But like, I was like, I, I mean, to me, you know, I've had like kind of horror stories about like Christians in public kind of thing. But like Mr. Rogers is probably like one of the best human examples of like, that's what you should probably be, you know, because like yeah. how many times did he like throw a Bible around on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? But he just like exemplified all of the values. That well, there's, we're a, there's a meme that I've seen going around and it's uh, 
like a guy talking to like Jesus or whatever, and he's like, I have a plumbing business, and I, you think I should put a ichthus on the back of my car, which is ichthus, someone's an, not a Christian, it's a little fish. The Jesus fish. And, yeah. and Jesus is like, how about you just be a good person Plum, and yeah. do what you're supposed to do, and let's see if they can figure it out that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you got a prayer sign, then because it's the same thing I always say about people who boast about things they do, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like, of course, be proud of things you do, and like, you know, we're musicians, so it's a fine line that we stumble on a lot, mm-hmm. but like, you know, if you're a line, you're a line. You don't have to announce it to the whole room, you know? Yeah. Um, so same thing, you know, if you're of a belief, like I think, I don't think, even if you didn't know the term, like Christianity or religion or whatever, like you would you would know there was something very special about that man yeah. just through his life, you know? So that, now I never got a chance to watch the, uh, would you, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary yeah, last documentary. year, which is funny. I wanted to see that real bad. We had like an opportunity, like a screening at YouTube and we had to miss it for whatever reason. And I want to see it even more because I think there's elements of that in this movie or whatever. Crossover. But I liked it. I think if you like Mr. Rogers, I mean, I guess, you know, so when I saw the trailers, the the look of Mr. Rogers from Tom Hanks wasn't a deal breaker for me. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it from front to end. I guess if it is a deal breaker, maybe it's not your cup of tea. But mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't say it was I a deal it. breaker. I was just yeah. saying like, I couldn't like, like you see him and you just always, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, oh, that's just Tom Hanks. It's just that'd Tom be Hanks. Tough, that'd be tough for me if I thought <laughs> yeah. that throughout all these scenes, yeah. because like, if I can't, is no, there's something about Mr. Rogers. It's kind of like Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Like you can't like replace that uh, thing for me. It's a good know? story though. Tom, Tom Hanks that, being but... Mr. Rogers was the least of my worries about yeah. that movie. The, my know, main worry was the that the lessons were there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that before I started watching this, I didn't realize I knew this, but I didn't. I didn't it made it very apparent after the movie that there that Mr. Rogers delved into a lot of dark issues on the show. Yeah. But because it was surrounded with like the puppets and love and you know the gratitude and everything, he did it in a kind way too. Like when he washes feet with the the black mailman or whatever. Crazy man! Back in during you know was it the sixties? He was or a cop. Was it a cop? I thought it was yeah. a mailman. The the mailman. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Speedy delivery. Yeah, that's right. Mr. McFeely. That's yeah. what it was. My dad yeah. used to always make fun of that. Was the one Mr. McFeely that that did take me out of it a little bit. The Mr. McFeely in this one was he in too. Um, whoever they got to play him did the best he could, <laughs> but he ran, he ran on set. And I guess that you're just, you know, as a child, you're like, so I wasn't ready for that just yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Mr. McFeely, Mr. McFeely, Mr. McFeely. Um, they didn't have the cop on there, but the, the, the African-American fellow you're talking about, he was mm-hmm. the police officer. I remember that being a, after the show ended, that ended up being like a big, like props to Mr. Rogers, you know, cause even though he was like Presbyterian ordained minister, mm-hmm. he was one of the first people to have like an inclusive yeah. like cast. And also that he was gay, like the black guy oh, I didn't was know gay. So it was like, it wasn't outward in the show, obviously, because it was a kid's show at the mm. time. But like for uh ordained minister to like accept that into like his whole work and stuff mm. was just, it was like really, like at the time, groundbreaking, you know. But I guess it kind of comes down to like Mr. Rogers, like it's common sense to be nice to people. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> no matter who or where you're at. Another little side note is they did, um, what do you call, recognize or say something about him being uh, like a Navy SEAL or Army or whatever. I'm not going to tell you how that was like resolved or anything because mm-hmm. I want people to watch it. But they did like touch on that. Oh, crazy. But, Mr. Rogers was a Navy SEAL? So there's a lot of rumors that like 
he's all his, his both his arms are like full of tattoos and that's why you never see him wear short sleeve shirts oh that's crazy and then there's another rumor that he was like a navy seal or like an <laughs> army dude it's <laughs> like a behind but that, that is true for dolly parton though she's covered in tattoos that's true for scars though yeah. like she says not nothing, nothing <clears throat> even like extravagant she just doesn't want people to see it yeah last little bit i guess or to the rapper on the it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood whatever yeah is there there's there's not many movies that i can say that you watch and you leave wanting to be a better person. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it at that. Cool, cool. That Okay, back a little bit for the Alan Richardson guy, the guy that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy, and he's Hawk in uh, the Titans show on DC. They had asked him to be back uh, for this upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff, which is you know all those CW shows are crossing mm-hmm. over, including Black Lightning now, and the new Batwoman girl uh, show too. Um, so they're all crossing over and whatnot, and he turned that down. <clears throat> He's like, listen, I just did this Ninja Turtles thing for like three years. Yeah, <laughs> and which is funny because they, they're getting so many people for these the silly things, people that were in other old, old shows like Birds of Prey, which was like one season and was awful, like uh-huh. nobody liked it at all. And also on top of it, they're getting Smallville. They're both getting um, the Tom Welling, who was a Superman in Smallville, and uh, Erica Drantz, who was also uh, Lois Lane in Smallville. Yeah. So they're getting both of those back. They actually asked Michael Rosenbaum to come back. But from what he said on his podcast, he said the money was barely there. He's like, mm-hmm. and then on top of it, they wouldn't let him know anything about what was going on. I don't know. It's like, going to span like five or six shows. You figure they have to have an idea. <laughs> I feel like I thought that about every DC thing that happened in the last 15 years and it hasn't panned out. The only thing, yeah. like, I don't like all those CW shows. I like The Flash and it's sometimes it's here or there. I love the first two seasons of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I wasn't a big fan of any of the other CW shows. The only reason I watched mm. Smallville was because there was nothing else on at the time. That was mm. superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, and it was like Teenage Superman, and then okay, this sounds like fun. No, so kind of relatable. That yeah, a little was, bit. That was when we were in college, right? <clears throat> yeah, it came out like I think, in two thousand and one. I, I was in high school. So <laughs> I think for me that was like, uh, like Josh and I went to the same college, but I had a different major than you, I think. But. uh I just remember being like, I don't, I have like a very limited amount of time mm-hmm. to like entertain, to be entertained and stuff. And like Smallville is just not on my radar, but my brother watched it. That's so weird because I have like this vivid memory of like you sitting on the couch with us, like watching Smallville. It might have been like in a passing maybe, thing, maybe just like once, in the middle of the, ep- you know, it's like. Because we watched it with a lot of people and actually talked to a lot of people about it like when we were in college. Like, yeah. oh, Smallville. I didn't know anything about it. So if it was, it was like I caught it in the middle of whatever you guys okay. like were watching at the time. Because mm-hmm. I've done, I I watched like the middle of the last season of Lost with somebody after never watching any of Lost. You know, like, <laughs> and, and so like I it's uh, anyway like it, I I'm I recognize like certain people from it, but yeah. I couldn't tell you like any overarching storylines. I do remember this one episode um, when our uh, former like schoolmate Augustana. Like was in Smallville and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, it happened!" Oh yeah. Our friend T was like, "One day Lois Lane's gonna be looking longingly through a doorway, and then Boston's <laughs> gonna start playing, and then that that exact That's scene seriously. like happened." We're like, "Oh my god!" They had so many because like Smallville and CW at the time, um, along with all the other shows on CW, they would actually promote like the band and the artist at the yeah. end of the beginning of the show. Yeah, like they actually show the new album. You could get this new album today, yeah. or whatever. And it was kind of like it was. For me, I loved it because it would introduce you to like maybe indie rock when the internet might have you know sucked at the time a little bit about finding new music. Mm-hmm. That was a good way to at least you know promote some unknown bands. I know Snow Patrol was on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Fray was on there at the time. They I mean, did Lifehouse, that in other shows too. All that kind of music. Though, One too. Tree Hill. One Tree. That's what I was saying. Like One Tree Hill. All those shows did it. 
So maybe not like Buffy or something, but <laughs> yeah, that might be too old. <laughs> uh, right in that era, though, Smallville, One Tree Hill, yeah, uh, Dawson's Creek, like all that stuff. Four, five, mm. six. That's what they would do. They would promote yeah. music, though. I wish they would do that now. Yeah. I mean, I I wish this whole thing the best, you know, because I I hope at one point someone figures out, someone over at WB figures out how to do DC better. Yeah, and stuff. But my the one time I decided to delve in, I'm like you know, I'm going to give this a shot in that whole like. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow thing. Yeah, and I was like, Legends was awful. Was Still like, is. Ooh, I'm I, glad that's ending. I watched that whole first season. I was like, what on earth? Yeah, that wasn't a good one to start you on. <laughs> uh, here's a picture because they have Kevin Conroy as Batman in the show. Because it's, it's going nice. to be Crisis on Infinite Earths is a giant crossover where they cross over all these different worlds. Yeah, yeah. And different, and the heroes are all slightly different in all the other worlds. And so they all come together. Blah Where's blah. Glasses. This is Kevin Conroy, who's actually the voice of Batman, Batman. from the animated series, yeah. which is kind of crazy to me. Like, okay, cool. And they're actually going to have Mark Hamill, I think, as the Joker. Joker. That's awesome. Which was funny because, like, in the series, he was actually the trickster from okay. The Flash. So it's, it's so weird. Like, all these people are, like, double crossing over. And you can see here's Brandon Routh reprising himself so as funny. Superman. Uh, you see a little I, bit of the I feel bad hair. for him because I, I feel bad for him because I feel like he did a <clears throat> decent job as Superman at the time. Yeah. It was just, like, a weird time for all that reboot stuff, you know? Yeah, that and, like, the story was the same exact story as the so, first one. So that Brandon Routh Superman is like what the Elizabeth Banks Charlie's Angels is going to be. It's just like, eh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. There was like I don't know. That, like, that Superman movie everybody is pretty much doesn't like. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the new um, Superman. There's, oh, yeah, there's the old one. And so I think there's a picture that was of Batwoman. Yeah, there's, a, there's Tom Welling as Superman again. So it's kind of cool. Uh, I'm actually going to watch is, it. When is this supposed to come out? I feel like I've been in hearing a about it for weeks, a year. I think really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. So it's I didn't even know start. they started. Oh, filming? Yeah. yeah. They've, they're, I think they're, they got to be pretty much Okay, done. so they're doing like what they did with Mortal Kombat and just like releasing details as they're like going. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've been talking about it. I don't know how many podcasts of all these people yeah. that are crossing over for it. So I'm excited for it just because it's nice for me to see him reprise his role as, mm-hmm. as uh, Tom Welling to reprise his role as Superman because you never get to see him in the in the suit ever. No, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Except for like the very end for like two seconds and that's it. He's always Clark. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's interesting. So. Um, He's never Superman. Let's get on to some other news. We, were, we only got a few things left. Uh, Favreau. Um, yeah. And Dave Filoni may play larger roles in the Star Wars future, which I am 100% for. He, he seems to understand, you know. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, third Dave. episode of Mandalorian? I have. Cool. Like Dave's the shit. Yeah, it it just keeps getting better, man. Like, it's slow. Like I said, last time it's slow moving, but it's still it's just great the yeah. entire time. So, I, you guys know Dave Maloney at all? No. So he he's a killer composer engineer, and uh, during the show on Netflix, uh, the Chef Show with uh, John Favreau and mm-hmm. uh, Roy Choi, they go to the the Star Wars farm is a farm oh crazy and on the farm they grow all the food that you would need even like the cattle and like that don't they obviously they don't grow the cattle but you know what i'm saying everything is like farm to table right there mm-hmm. on this lot and the the i don't know how many acres the whole joint is whatever but that's where the uh sound design system uh places are and everything and oh, crazy. that's where the skywalker Dave works skywalker, skywalker ranch, ranch oh, okay. as well as, yeah and um that episode where John and Roy go and meet Dave at Skywalker Ranch and they eat with the uh, head chef of the place that, of the Skywalker Ranch, 
they give you little hints of like what Dave was working on at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny to see this article with both of them saying that there's going to be like, they're going to both have a larger role in this whole thing Yeah, because they literally are the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least that's, that's what's going really well for the thing well, it's, right it's now. Crazy too. I mean, I know how big star Wars is as far as movies, mm-hmm. but my favorite was the cartoon. The, mo- the movies and the series, the cartoons with like Windu and, you know, it almost looked like a Samurai Jack looking uh, animation. When were those? You don't, don't remember that? Any of that? Those, oh yeah. my gosh, they're so good. Hmm. Like all the Star Wars animated stuff. Was it the third episode where um, he got he got his uh, rewards from the container thing from the the oh, buyer? Yeah. So I thought I saw I thought it was a kind of a cool thing where like they said that was like a was it the prequels that that thing was in that container was something someone in the background was carrying in one of the f- previous Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. Like and someone in the background it. like ran, but it's an ice cream maker that's like spray painted. Oh, nice. <laughs> so this one like, but he's just he's just like running in the background with it. So this one they actually expand upon like how it opens up and everything. Yeah. So it was like a nice like small callback. Mm-hmm. I heard rumors that John Favreau was the voice of the Mandalorians. Uh, critic that was like how can you accept the empire thing you know, you know I, that's when he was speaking it sounded like he was some, I, I read that in a couple of places but i haven't seen any like yes that's me or anything <laughs> so i wonder i don't know it's a 2003 clone wars oh okay the clone wars cartoon that was the best stuff like i like the Star clone wars. wars like the it wasn't i guess it's a cartoon but it's like the, the animated one mm-hmm. like the computer animated one the, that made me not hate the prequels yeah <laughs> Like that show because it kind of it was you can watch them and you can actually there's some crazy you know succession of how you watch them because they cover between all the prequels like when they're to kind of take place and uh, especially it's after the first one obviously but um, they show you know Anakin slowly becoming darker yeah, yeah. as opposed to like just happens yeah oh my pan oh Padme is gonna die oh guess what I'm evil and kill ch- <laughs> and kill children and like. <laughs> Nobody makes those decisions. Nah. <laughs> like not like that. But like so it was just it was nice to see that over time. Plus like it was just a great show. I mean if you've never seen it they're actually restarting it back up again. Like that it show. Was, is yeah. it on Disney Plus? It's supposed to be. Which what year was that? That was like 2010 or something like that. I think it's cuz I think it was 4 or 5 seasons, so it was probably 4 to 9 maybe, something like that. The animated series was 2003 to 2005. Okay. And then after that was I think what you're talking about. It's very about. similar to what you were showing me there. I never saw the cartoons like that. Cartoons, cartoons. Dude, Disney Plus has been so amazing lately. Um so I know some yeah, I think you mentioned like the Silver Surfer cartoon yeah. series. Like people didn't really like it that much. So I started watching it. I'm almost done. I love it so much. Oh yeah. It looks exactly like the X Men series. It's like the same team. I it's think, the same team. And the voice actors are crossed over. So mm-hmm. it's weird because I think Drax is voice I think Drax is voiced by uh, whoever voiced Cyclops. Yeah. And like all these other things. So it's like weird. And then Drax is like a cyborg in this. Yeah. Thing. And and then Gamora's there, but they call her Gamora. <laughs> and like, but the, so here's the thing. I'm not saying that everybody's going to love it because it is ultra dramatic. Yeah. Uh, but if you watch the first episode and you're like, I can't, I don't know if I can handle this or like maybe it'll grow on me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get less than that. So if the first episode you're like, not my cup of tea, probably right. Yeah. But I watched it. I'm like, man, the Silver Surfer and like uh, Galactus and stuff are so like Victorian, like drag. Like, yes. why must the thing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, this is so funny. And like conflicts that start up 
that should take entire episodes to resolve. They bring up like the last four minutes and then they resolve way too easily. Mm-hmm. But I was telling Vince last night, like I feel like it's the plots that I had my action figures do, you know, <laughs> where all the exposition was within the dialogues with the, my, my brother, my friend who I was playing toys with would get the rules mm-hmm. without us having to stop to tell the rules. And yeah. Like, why must I be stranded here on this planet in the other nebulous? You know, like, <laughs> oh, it's because of this. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it's really funny. I'm like three episodes away from finishing because it's only ran for one season. Yeah. But, uh, man, like I'm, I kind of like it cause it's like, oh, this is like a little extension of, uh, X-Men that I never really got. Well, did you know? Eric Lee Wald do that one? Cause I know he did the, um, one after that one, uh, mm-hmm. the Avengers United, we, they stand. I'll have to look it up. A little side note. I, I accidentally said that uh, Dave was a uh, composer, but he's he, he's a producer, a film director, a voice actor, a television writer. He, do, he does everything. Okay. just wanted to fix that. But I know that, yeah, I know the Leewald does the Avengers. They stand one. And you know, like, I don't want to be mean to the dude. That show is straight up awful. Like, I watched <laughs> it with, with Penny the other day. Uh Oh my gosh. Like I remember it being awful in the nineties being like, this is terrible, but oh my gosh, watching it. It's funny. Cause for every time that they need to fight, they have like this, like power Rangers scene where like flashing, you know, yeah. anime background while they're putting on the armor that they already have on. <laughs> um, and I don't, not to mention like Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye has like a belt that has the Avengers symbol. And then like when the armor comes on a bigger belt with the Avengers symbol goes over the top of it. And you're like, Oh my gosh, dude, come on. Hey, did you bring your belt buckle for your belt buckle? Exactly. And so like what you had said, like the, the, the people had voiced the, the X-Men show mm-hmm. had a lot of them had voiced this show too. And you got the girl that did rogue, obviously doing Tigra and sounding exactly like rogue <laughs> and acting exactly like rogue. And Ultron sounds like he's like some bad guy from the sixties. Like, <laughs> like, like Skeletor. It doesn't look like Eric Leewald did this one. Mm-hmm. Um, he did do a Street Fighter animated series, which I'm gonna have to look up now. And uh, Gargoyles, and God, I love Gargoyles. Mummies Alive. Wow, I, I didn't know all this Ooh, stuff. You were talking about Mummies Alive a while ago. Yeah, holy crap! And then Young Hercules. <laughs> Very cool. Oh yeah, Avengers United. They stand. <laughs> it is. I mean, so to, I guess his credit. He's not a writer. So <laughs> he's credited as he's a, a story. He's a showrunner, right? It's a story editor in okay. the credits, but um, that's cool though. But yeah, I don't know. A uh, little little like Disney Plus tidbit. If if you like the X-Men series and mm-hmm. you watch the first episode of Silver Surfer and you're like, oh, this might be my cup of tea, then that, you're probably right. <laughs> but if you're like, uh, this is a little, maybe it'll grow on me, it probably won't. So maybe just It's a little it. different. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, I was a little sad that it was only one. I remember watching it when it came out, a little sad that it was only one season. Yeah. And the same thing with this Avengers show, it was only one season. Gotcha. So. Mm-hmm. I kind of I see, I don't know, it's so funny because there's like a lot of 90s stuff in it. Like, I don't oh. know. Well, sad because they also they had that Spider-Man show, which is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they ended it without like you finding out what happened like at the last episode. And you're like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. What? (laughs) Madam Web. Exactly. Like, we're going to go find Mary Jean, Mary Jane. And then like they don't. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, so they don't they don't even put a button on it or anything. So and then they had a new Spider-Man show called Spider-Man Unlimited. And you're like, oh, maybe this is going to take off from there. And it's awful. Yeah. Don't watch it. It is straight up (laughs) stupid. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're like, hey, guess what? Uh, Venom and Carnage are on a different planet with... Uh, you know what was actually better was the Spider-Man and Nova. What was that one? Oh, you're talking about uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man. That was all right. Eh, it it wasn't as... like a team on S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't, was never yeah. a fan of Spider-Man being on necessarily a team. That was another thing. Nova's in this Silver Surfer series. Oh, is he? That's cool. She, oh, but she. it's not Sam Alexander. No, it's a woman. Oh, okay. 
female yeah. Nova. Huh. She's, a, she's the second Herald of Galactus. Mm. Um, I didn't recognize her until I saw her, but she's like a Venice Beach 90s chick. Mm. Like that's her whole thing, which is like so funny because it's a very 90s thing to do. Okay. We're talking about like a girl that looks like fire, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's not like a Nova. We're like her, Nova Core. No. no, her name is Nova. Okay. Her, her yeah. name is just like Nova Core, as in like Nova, Richard Ryder, oh, gotcha, or gotcha. Sam Alexander. Right. Yeah, no, not the same. Not the same. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Nova was in that? I don't remember that. <laughs> Different Novas. <laughs> but one was, is, one is a corp. It was weird. Oh, and then Thanos is in this. Yeah. He's so funny. I don't think he's supposed to be. Yeah, he's goofy. He's like uh, Skeletor. Yep. And. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about death all the time, right? Uh, like, chaos, they call her. I uh, guess okay. maybe they don't, they're not allowed to say death. I don't know. Maybe not. She's like, Lady Chaos, why? But he's talking to a statue. <laughs> yeah. And stuff. And he's like, This is so funny. It's such a far cry from like the Thanos we know now in the MCU. Well, it's funny because like I was a little upset that they didn't make the reasoning for Thanos wanting to, you know, kill half the universe being like his love for death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it worked out. So, yeah. 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 You know what we'll say in Silver Surfer, the CG animation? Mm-hmm. I think it's actually really good for the time. Like they made it look like comic book drawings, but like mm-hmm. three dimensional, like Galactus looks epic. They mix them in, and I think that show did a, do a good job about mixing them in. They tried to do that a little bit with the Spider Man show. Mm-hmm. So like every once in a while, when he'd be that. swinging down like the streets, like something would be coming at him, and that would be CG, and that would give you. I remember as a kid, they'd give you like a weird feeling, like oh that's yeah. odd. That doesn't. That looks kind of like you know like it's actually coming at me a little bit. So. And when you get older, you kind of see like, oh, well, that's kind of odd. <laughs> just because just it's CG on top of. Yeah. Know. But see, this one, like when they did the CG, they gave it like the edges of like the black outlines of yeah. comic book drawings. And somehow that just made everything different. It did pop and, a bit better. Like, now when you see like Galactus move and stuff, he looks like a comic book drawing, like lifting out of the page. Mm-hmm. Like, and. Uh, Helps give him, make him bigger than life like he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's a ridiculous show. Like Vince was overheard me watching one episode and he's like, Silver Surf to, Surfer has to go inside Galactus. He's like, oh, my white blood cells are attacking you. I'm like, I love this. <laughs> I love it. Like, I only like my drama in these little 20 minute episodes. I don't want it in my life. I don't want it like around me, but I want it in like these little like, like Shakespearean <laughs> Marvel shows, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much what it was. Yep. So, um, let's see. We got, a little bit more on Star Star Wars, like Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy, she's like one of the main people that's in charge of the Star Wars stuff. And a lot of people have like mean, angry stuff against the woman. <laughs> and so like I tried not to do that at all. But this week she said something so insanely stupid on my. She had said, let me let me find the exact quote here. Um, Because they were talking about JJ in the last movie here and what what going forward about um. The storyline, every one of these movies is particularly hard not to crack. There's no source material. We don't have comic books. We don't have 800-page novels. We don't have anything other than passionate storytellers to get together and talk about what's next iteration may be. We go through a really normal development process that everybody else does, and that's absolutely bull crap. That's bollocks. Not only is it bull crap because like, uh, they had, did take a lot of the uh, extended universe and turn that into Star Wars Legends. Mm-hmm. But there's still a ton of stuff after that that is canon yeah. <laughs> that you can go upon. I would I would love to see if there was like a way to follow up interview that, you know? Yeah. And just be like, do you mean that you don't know what to take because everybody's arguing about what's canon or not? Or do you truly believe there's like nothing <laughs> like beyond, you know? Yeah. Like, because I can see it going either way. Some like old white lady, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 
a lot of people hate on her hardcore for something similar to this, and I kind of like back off forever for it. I'm like, you know, she's just being a producer. She's just doing what she's doing. Man, you know, if I was ever a film producer, you don't want to, if they're like, you want Star Wars? Like, no, no, I'm yeah. fine. But like, <laughs> this, that gets back to like the crap with Singer and the X-Men movies where yeah. he's like, I don't want a comic book on my on yeah. my film. We're like, I don't want to have to deal with this. We're writing new stories. We're doing something different. And they just have the idea of whatnot going on in the movie, yeah. but it's not actually the yellow spandex that we talk about. Yeah. And so like this woman this week pissed me off. It's, it's funny because <laughs> this photo that's in here is from the book. <laughs> I think it, they did that on purpose. They, uh, that's I'm sure. And I used uh, was it Superhero Hype, which is one of my favorite sites there. It's also, gotcha. I think, coming soon. Um, .net, I think, is the name of the place, too, that it's from but yeah that's there's so many great stories that you could pull from that you can Mm -hmm. adapt even if it wasn't exactly the same Mm -hmm. you know so it's just it to me it drives me nuts that they continue to do that mandalorian's great because it's pulling from kind of pulling from at least the lore the idea of the mandalorians well there's Um, a whole you could watch a documentary on the mandalorians i heard heard rumors that uh, baby yoda is uh, animatronic Oh, that'd be crazy. He looks CG, but if he's animatronic, like kudos to them, man. Yeah. Like, because, like, I mean, obviously he's like the centerpiece of the show now. He's like mm. the show stealer, you know? So it's like they had to do that right, or is it going to be another Jar Jar moment? You know? That's absolutely true. <laughs> they pulled it off. It looked cute. Yeah. And even if it is CG, I mean, to me, it looked a little bit CG, but yeah, that's you why tell I it could be partially something, too. Maybe he yeah. picks it up and it feels like the cloth moves when he picks him up. So I don't know. It's just like cute moments, like when he takes the ball off the yeah. handle and stuff. I'm like, oh. He just won my heart. <laughs> Did you see the meme I, meme I posted? It was like games on your phone you have or something like that? Or? Oh, no, not that one. There's uh, one where, you know, how at the end of the last episode, he's pulling away and the guys have the uh, rocket packs. And he's like, I got to get me one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like oh, but the, it's the Tesla. It's the Tesla truck. Yeah, the cyber truck. <laughs> just said. Man, you know, it's interesting is like the polarization of the internet over those trucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, I didn't look it up to see if it's actually Elon's like tweet response mm-hmm. or whatever but before he said anything i was like i'll just bet maybe i said on the podcast i can't remember i'll bet that somebody he was just like let's make it look crazy so that people talk about because you can't buy that kind of promotion so that's why i thought he was trolling i thought he'd and be then, like oh we're joking this is the new truck like the next day yeah but i, I mean I, part of me has to believe as an engineer that actually is some sort of optimal like physics you know thing or something but like also like if we do crazy make cult cyber truck do all this stuff then mm-hmm. you know people will talk about it and then someone some, he responded to somebody's tweet saying something like, yeah, I did it for the memes. And I was like, smart. Hey, whether you're joking or not, I mean, like, you know, go for it. I saw an article. It was like I was one of the fake articles. Um, and it was like Elon Musk's develop, develops new school bus. And it looked oh, like that yeah. um, thing for the Mandalorian. The sand crawler. <laughs> yeah, the Jawas <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. I saw that too. It was funny. Because <laughs> like, I don't know. But also, I guess like it also had a really high pre-sales because supposedly... A, it's only forty grand, yeah, for like a Base. electric truck. That's insane. Yeah, but also the down payment's only a hundred dollars. Yeah, like I already know of a bunch of people I follow on Instagram already bought theirs. Well, I think that it only. I think you can only pre-order right now. The pre-order me. is forty grand, but I think that's just the entry level because oh, it could okay. have like a. It's base. A certain yeah, yeah. engine, and like there's a but try. Still, even like how much farther up can you get a hundred? Uh, it could like, go. There's three. Three. It'll be three models. One of them, I think, it starts at forty. I think it's how much how big the engine is or how much it can maybe pull or whatever. Well, there's no engine. Yeah, it's for, it's the battery it, is the battery load, right? There's a oh. there's a 40,000 one and then the next one up I think is 70 
and then there's one more from that that I, I actually yeah. it's gotta have an engine still I mean whether it run, runs on battery or gas it has motors okay sorry the <laughs> motor <laughs> and they're in the wheels man that's Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, the entire thing's like an empty shell. Like it's just a huge battery. I'm not gonna lie. I think it looks cool. But I know that I my family it. back home, all the all my my Indiana family was like, look at that truck. That's ugly. <laughs> like if I got one, I would either get a Y, an X, or the Cybertruck. I, I have a friend that will go on name because I don't want to like put them on blast, but uh they had like very publicly stated that they think that anybody that wants to buy the car is selfish and only wants clout or whatever <laughs> what but also it's like they don't drive so it's like sure whatever you know yeah. like you have your opinions about it not to say that people aren't doing it for those reasons but like it, it it's not like it's the first vehicle tesla's put out you know it's like they have a track record of like good vehicles so and they like, look like super sleek and like they look mm-hmm. nice they're not yeah. like square like this thing is like super square. jagged edges like that's why i thought he was trolling there, for a while there's also the fact that in the presentation they show you a video of the Cybertruck next to a 911 turbo and mm-hmm. the, and the Cybertruck wins off the line now How now far is it though down the road yeah, yeah it's not going to win like my brother has like a uh, corvette i think it is and then he's He's like, yeah, the the Teslas will beat me for like so many off yards line, or whatever. Yeah. He's like, but as soon as it gets past this, I'm, I just take out, take off, you know. Yeah, you got gears yeah. in a ratio that you know any electric motor won't have, mm-hmm. unless you have the which isn't even out yet. The Roadster, mm-hmm. the Roadster can beat you both off the line and in and top speed. No crazy because it, 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 he he won't. I think he's like legally not even allowed to tell you how fast it can go. But what they post was 250 plus. Jeez. And I would kill myself. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't even know where you could go that fast other than like salt an airport yeah. or a salt flat <laughs> or an actual, even race tracks we've, we've don't been, have that long of a straightaway. We've yeah. been in a Tesla that's gone like 135 for several minutes and it does feel like I, I it's been a long time since I've been motion sick mm-hmm. in a car and I have, whenever we ride with this friend and I know it's going to go that fast, I have, to bring, I have Dramamine in my book bag with me now because of that. Yeah. specific purpose because I don't think my body is just not acclimated going that fast like straight you know it's scary like when, it, my, when my brother takes off uh-huh. and I bet oh my gosh and I can't imagine the Tesla because it'll <laughs> like you said it'll grab faster yeah. but like even gosh put pinning you to that seat is sick it's yeah. well cool. it doesn't it doesn't scare me it's just like I'm like this is an unnatural feeling mm-hmm. like because it but it does happen like does your brother have a he doesn't have a Tesla he has a vet okay so it's, so it's Boba Fett a <laughs> car vet so this, so this this Tesla when it hits it's there's no there's virtually no like response time like it's mm. just like like i don't even know it's like a switch it's yeah. like what it feels like it's like oh like there's it no just, lag it yeah, just the motors your, no lag it just goes it just takes your breath away yeah so it's like <gasps> like it's like it's over before you know it if you just like the first time we were in the car with him he was in the parking lot or parking garage so it was only like maybe a hundred foot stretch mm-hmm. and the hundred feet was like <clears throat> what happened like you know like yeah <laughs> The was only, it what zero to 60 in what like two seconds two point probably less which one the, you like the tesla three yeah. performance uh something crazy i uh, like uh the i drove a v12 now this isn't a v6 this isn't a v8 this is a v12 mm-hmm. mercedes and when you floor on the gas of a v12 you get the same exact feeling you get when you floor a model three performance and that is your entire body sinks into the seat. <laughs> you literally grab your pants. And you can't breathe for a couple of seconds. 
Your it takes the breath away from literally, you. Literally claps. Also, and I know Vince has like more explanation for why this is with like the axle system and everything for the Teslas, but mm -hmm. the back seat that I ride in with this friend's Tesla van, like I, you can feel it in your spine. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think even at the best circumstance, you'll still feel that just because of the mechanics, like it going so fast and it's like yeah. super straight. Like, because I know it's not always like com like self driven, but it's always computer guided. Yeah. So I think there's a lot like straighter of a ride than if it was like a human was just like always you know steering it and so it's like i can't even describe i feel in my teeth you know like whenever <laughs> we hit like a pebble like <laughs> like it's princess in the pea in a car and i'm like okay so next time like maybe like a padded room in the back seat like <laughs> 3.2 3.2 seconds for the model three performance sheesh it's uh, it's insane though and also the same friend like races mm -hmm. the tesla and so those tesla races probably what like two dozen cars at least Tesla's, yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, all racing it is the quietest, fastest race. But <laughs> like you hear nothing. It's got to be like what a quarter mile or something. No, what the the, the Tesla race races. The uh, it's a two minute lap. Okay. Yeah, so the race goes like a it's couple, a big couple, couple miles though, right? Well, yeah, I don't know how long the track is, the specific track, but I mean, it's a two it, minute lap. It's a big track. It's in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. Takes but. you, to, yeah, it takes like the best driver two minutes to get around it. Um, but even then, it's like it. It's so quiet, which is funny because it's a regular racetrack. So mm. there's that one lap is done by the Teslas, but every other lap during that day is regular cars. Yeah. So it's like, rrr, rrr, you hear all this stuff and all of a sudden it's silent. Yeah. It sounds like they just stopped, but you look out and he's like, because all they're all aerodynamic too. So yeah. they're not even making wind noise. Like, it's like, the, it's uh, like all you hear. That's like, creepy to me, man. The Roadster like, is 1.9 seconds, geez. zero to 60. And then inside of the, the Tesla, it's like, there's not even the audible like um, uh, cue to be like, oh, we're going faster. You're just like, just internal organs are just like feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, Slowly oh. turning to jello. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, yep. Tesla talk. <laughs> um, I'm Do you want to add I, on this Trank thing? Trank thing? Uh, Josh oh. Trank, who did the Fantastic Four yeah. movie that tanked. Mm -hmm. Trank tank. Trank tank. <laughs> he had, uh, if, you don't, if you don't remember, back in 2015, uh, he had back in 2015. Josh Trank rebooted the Fantastic Four movie, but he did it in like this really cool, weird way. Fan four stick. Fan, fan four stick. As he actually called it, it, it too. Oh, really? Um, like well, later. Like uh, he basically he said he was gonna watch the film. He hasn't watched it since a week before it mm -hmm. came out. And if if you were remembering when it came out. He like I don't know if it was drunk tweeting or what he was doing on the night before it showed out, but he was like basically they didn't let me do the movie I wanted to do. Yeah. You know this movie is terrible. And he sent it out and it tanked that weekend. I don't Ooh. think it tanked because he sent the tweet, yeah. but I'm sure that didn't help. But then like he watched the movie and he's like, oh, this was better than what I was gonna do. Um, <laughs> so he uh, he told his fans or I guess his fans base or whatever that he he was going to watch it and uh review the film on his letterbox account and he actually did that he rated the film two stars out of five <laughs> and uh what's he said the movie is all right i was expecting it to be much worse than it was i literally haven't seen it since like two weeks before it came out and i was a heavily i was heavily effing traumatized state of mind <laughs> Why? Uh, save that for another time, which I would love to hear because I remember yeah. like, his, his whole tirade was like they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Not that I think that he had a great idea for the Fantastic Four, which I feel is is the only thing that you can do with the Fantastic Four is like the Incredibles. Like you can't mm -hmm. you can't update the Fantastic Four. It just doesn't work. 
I will say, since watching the Silver Surfer cartoon show, I went back and watched like scenes from Rise of the Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. and that those parts are there's not all perfect, but they're a lot better than I remember them. Oh, you're talking about like the, the one, the, the second one, yeah, okay. the Rise of the Silver Surfer, like the scenes with Silver Surfer, like going in and killing Galactus and everything. Those yeah. are pretty epic scenes, especially for like what are two thousands or something. Yeah, like I was like okay, that was better than I remember. Still not perfect. I think the thing I liked the least about it was the casting. Mm-hmm. Not that I mean Jessica Alba's like great. Yeah, but I just don't buy her as invisible woman you know stuff like that like mm. yeah well she was one of those powerhouses at the time yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like oh jessica alba you know so but other than that i was like oh this is pretty this is pretty cool that fan mm-hmm. four stick though i don't man yeah i remember being angry leaving that theater yeah just like what was that <laughs> such a I, I never saw it and i remember uh, you guys we talked about it once i think it was before podcast and uh obviously before podcast because we only started in january but yeah. um uh it's yeah from whatever you told me, like I knew going into it, it was just gonna piss me off. There were scenes that just like even this is before we even knew anything about film. Hmm. Like they're like she would start crossing, like walk into a room, have like real blonde hair, mm-hmm. and then when they cut to the shot inside the room and her walking through the door, she'd have clearly have a wig on. Yeah, or like have different colored hair. And I'm like, I didn't even try definitely to match. due to the reshoots they had talked about. I didn't even try to match this stuff, you know. Yeah, and then Doctor Doom was like way too minimalized, like and. I don't know what was going on with his face design. Mm-hmm. You know, like just metal mask. They said they tried to make it a little bit more like the ultimate version, mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic Four, which he like fused. Yeah. So I, I'm not a big fan of, but it's just, it's just weird to me. Like but why he, he would go about doing it the way he did. There's it. just not enough source material. Like, he, where's so, the source material? The kids were just kids. And then Dr. Doom was just one of the kids. It was just like a weird, like t- <laughs> teen. Yeah. It was like a Power Rangers version. Yeah. Of everything. You know, <laughs> made him too space. young. It gets weird. Yeah, kind of. And then I couldn't. I don't know. It, there was like a lot of questions when mm-hmm. I left. And then I was like, and I still didn't buy this story. Like it was just it was interesting. I don't know. At least the the first two Fantastic Four movies, the ones with Jessica Alba. Yeah. Were like at least they were shiny, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans was Mike Chiklis was I didn't mind him as a thing, especially I don't know, like he, I remember he changed back away from the thing in the second movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and he's like, oh, I want to go back to be the thing again. It's like he would never do that. That's not his character. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be like, sweet, I got rid of it. I'm good. I don't want to be this anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's all right. Those two movies were okay. But the fan four stick, yeah, that looked so awful. Everything coming out and everybody either has seen it confirms i don't need to see it mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just funny that he go back it was this, this is his only his second movie ever <laughs> uh they did this and i feel like marvel does a good job of like finding the young dudes at like sundance or whatever yeah and saying, hey you know come along with us and we'll kind of we'll give you the ability but we're gonna still hold on to the reins a little bit that kind of reminds me going back to charlie's angels mm-hmm. re-mentioning how, how the 2000s charlie's angels were like this perfect amalgamation of things mm-hmm. When I watched the recaps, I was like, holy cow. Uh, I f- we all forgot. Those movies were directed by Mick G, who had only done music videos <laughs> Yeah. before wow. then. And so everybody was like, these movies are clearly going to tank because it's just a music video director, you know? <laughs> His name, and Mick G. S- somehow they didn't. But this one, like, established director, mm-hmm. not doing numbers, you know? Like, so weird. I think it's a little bit similar to the new one, too, though, too, because a lot of these people, they did have, they were younger, they did have a little bit of, acting cred but they did they definitely weren't powerhouses you know what was one last thing about charlie's angels because we already talked too much about it but like uh uh black nerd i guess you just go watch his review it's a good encapsulation he did mention he was like a lot of shots like lacked the stylization that the first one had mm-hmm. the first remake had and maybe that was due to the mcg's the music video like everything's got like everything's gotta make it look like a music oh, video the top, everything so this one it was just like everything was sexy and cool and stuff but mm-hmm. i can't say there were many moments that you could like still frame 
and be like, this is the movie, you know? Yeah. So, I get it. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, it's just reminded me, like, oh, yeah, Mick G directed those movies. <laughs> he needs to re- direct some more stuff. Is he still around? <laughs> is he alive? Probably. What's he I doing? Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or Britney's could... making Mick sandwiches. <laughs> Let's take a look. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wonder what he's done. A little uh, note to uh, the the single motor cyber truck, cyber truck is the one that's forty, but then there's a dual motor that's fifty. A tri, and then a tri motor that's seventy. There you go. That's that. That was the tears. But I could buy like two cars for that tri motor. Oh, Mick G did Rim of the World. Oh, weird. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard mediocre things about it. Also, this tri motor all wheel cyber truck goes zero to sixty in two point nine seconds. So it's ridiculous. Mick G also did the Lethal Weapon TV series. Huh. And I've heard good things about it. I never watched and a it. a show called Kevin from Work. Kevin from Work. Uh, Terminator Salvation. Mm. Oh. And Chuck. What? The, the TV, TV show? show. So they probably only had, like directed an episode or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Full Throttle, Travis Angels. Cypress Hills music video. <laughs> um, oh, man. That's back in the day. Supernatural. Oh, I feel pretty. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for sticking around. Yeah. A long happy, tirade this week. Happy Thanksgiving, Gail. Was yeah. it Thanksgiving is tomorrow by the time they listen to this? Probably. Cool. Uh, releases on Wednesdays, peoples. Yeah. Please uh, hit subscribe, no matter what you use. Uh, a lot of people use the Podbean app. Other people use Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. or You can basically find it anywhere. Just search for Yellow Spandex. Yellow Spandex. And uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Eat a lot of whatever you eat. I want to say turkey, but there's like 15 different dietary things right now. <laughs> <laughs> just uh have fun all right guys we'll see you next time